0: I, Charles the Fourth. Oh, is it the third? Bloody pick. We will strive so for amazing. the delights of the patient of the Let me put it to you, Justin
1: Bieber. Yes, you if can. you win by one, oh, you've well, won. I the phone went over the side
2: of the so It's time to
3: destroy the internet I just think everyone should be sure what the
1: fuck is going on. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? Now, I saw on a news program an Israeli spokeswoman saying Hamas are causing all the deaths in Gaza because they use civilians as a human shield. And this is an excellent point, because the Israeli army is only trying to destroy the whole of Gaza, but then Hamas deliberately puts the population of Gaza in Gaza. So what are the Israeli military supposed to do? And they keep saying they've done all they can to avoid civilian casualties. That's why they haven't fired any bombs at people. They've only targeted buildings. And if it turns out those buildings have people in them, well, that's hardly the Israeli military's fault, is it? Because that's another sneaky Hamas trick to put the civilian population into buildings. If they really cared about their population, they'd put them all in bubbles and make them float over the Sinai Desert. And the Palestinians have lied about the Israelis bombing hospitals. The Israelis haven't been bombing hospitals. They were very clear that it was Hamas that were bombing their own hospitals. And this week, the Israelis proved that by ordering the evacuation of an entire hospital, which was all on film. Now, obviously, the Israelis were moving all the patients outside because they were about to renovate the building, do some painting and decorating, and bringing in some new defibrillators. And so they took everybody nicely outside. And then what do you think happened? Just as they were about to start, Hamas went and bombed the place. And there's another good point the supporters of the Israeli government make, which is that if you oppose the bombing, you must support Hamas. Now, some people might say that they don't support either side and don't want anybody to murder anyone. But that's just being silly. And the Israeli government say that there will be no ceasefire while Hamas are still there. But they also insist that Hamas are always there, under the ground, in the tunnels, hiding in the hospitals. So that's made themselves a little philosophical problem because they're gonna have to carry on bombing Gaza forever, all the time, long after they've killed everybody and destroyed every building. So they'll have to carry on bombing the rubble and the sand because the spirit of Hamas will still be there. And then Hamas people's ghosts will still be there. And don't Israel have the right to defend themselves against that? Because if there's one thing that all reasonable people agree with, it's that people who murder kids are the scum of the earth and should be locked up forever. But that's because these murderers don't do it properly. And what they should do is kill thousands of them at once. And then instead of saying they should all be locked up, we would have a debate that lasts for several months about whether it's unfair to ask them to stop. Because if anybody questions the morality of killing tens of thousands of civilians, they're asked, doesn't Israel have the right to defend itself against terrorists? Exactly. If your country has been the victim of a terrorist attack, you have the right to kill tens of thousands of random people who didn't do the terrorist attack. So next... Israel should bomb more places that had nothing to do with it, like the Taj Mahal and the Sea Life Aquarium in Brighton. And if anybody complains, they should be asked, doesn't Israel have the right to defend itself? Maybe all punishment should work like this. So to make the world really secure, if anybody commits a murder, instead of punishing the murderer, we hand the case to a bloke from Colorado who enjoys going down to the local shopping mall or school and firing a machine gun in whatever direction he fancies, and he can kill everybody living in the whole area where the murderer comes from. And at last, we'll all be safe. What is our, what is This week, the government set out its proposal for a new law which will stop people who come from overseas to work here, for example in care homes and hospitals, from bringing their family with them. And they hope that this will please some of the many people who are really annoyed, such as this woman who I heard on a phone
2: Oh, I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. If they want to swan about in our hospitals, they should come on their own, not with their families. When I worked at Morrison's, I didn't take my kids and mum up there and put them next to the toiletries aisle and tell everyone in the shop to look after them, did I? And why should they use our equipment? They stroll about being nurses and doctors and use our X-ray machines and thermometers and MRI scans. Why can't they bring their own? I'm sure you can get a machine for doing art transplants at Argos, but oh no, let us pay for it. And what happens if they get sick, which is more than likely as they're surrounded by people with diseases all day? Who's going to look after them? Me, I suppose. Well, I haven't got the time to change their bed sheets. I've got a letter to write to the neighbour about their wheelie bin being at the wrong angle. And why are they allowed to bring all their limbs? They don't use all of them taking people's temperature but oh no they get to bring in whatever they want it starts with a leg and the next thing they're bringing in donkeys and steamrollers and these foreigners that work in hospitals they're seen Straight away, as soon as they get there, they just put on a gown and off they go around the wards. I had to wait four hours the last time I went to accident and emergency. And then they said they couldn't do anything about next door playing Queens of the Stone Age all day long, driving me insane. I said, well, that's an emergency, but oh no, they're too busy asking foreigners to give people a new liver. Oh, I'm sick of it, Jeremy, sick of it. What the
1: fuck is
3: going on?
1: Well, we all know the ritual. It's not possible to even begin to find out what the fuck is going on with that expert advice. So many weeks I go and here's an expert and it really isn't an expert. I, you know, then we start talking about fucking I don't know the combustion engine and I'm talking about some Bloke who does stand up and knows fuck, <laughs> on. but this is an absolute expert,
0: Mr. Nick Hancock,
1: an expert on so many a, things. Yeah,
0: an expert on yes, virtually nothing. I would have said an expert on. Oh well, I around. think we're going
1: to talk about a couple of things on which you are very much oh, an well, expert. Well,
0: that's good. That's good. That's that'll be what. Uh, uh, sleeping in late and masturbation I'm presuming <laughs> which uh, are my two major <laughs> occupations at the moment uh, that's has anyone done that on, on Mastermind as their specialist subject
1: <laughs> yeah I'd like to see John Humphreys and your specialist subject was not it's, uh, who does it now uh,
0: oh uh, it, yeah uh, I've got Archman somebody I don't know Arjman no Barjel. no it's University oh, Challenge he? every week every week
1: Nick this is how my chat starts on here <laughs> it's like oh no who was it yeah yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, you know, And Anne Robinson. No, she's the weakest. <laughs> is, she, is she? I don't think she does species, it anymore.
0: Subject of Mastermind should be who's hosting Mastermind at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I know that <clears> one as well. Oh God, it's...
1: exactly. <laughs> but I think masturbation would be quite would be quite something. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have you done? You must have done. Practical you or you've done Celebrity Mastermind? I presume.
1: Have you? No, no. Uh, they asked me to do it once. Yeah. And, uh, I suggested the, the my subject as the French revolution. Very good, And they came back and said, we'd rather you did Andy Murray. So, uh, uh, you know, but I, I'd be happy to do Andy Murray, but then I couldn't do it because I was sort of touring or something. Um, and then I've, you know, they'll ask me after that, so they probably think, oh, pompous fucker with his French well, exactly Revolution. Well, so,
0: so I did it. I did it. And I, I did uh, I did The Great Gatsby. And you know you, you know right. how with these things, they film a load in the day. And Neil Pearson was there, and he said to me, Neil Pearson, I've you know, dropped the dead donkey and filmed stars, fame. And yes, he said, and he runs books yeah, shops yeah, and stuff, doesn't and he? And he, he said to me, he said, well, that's going to ruin your street cred, isn't it, doing The Great Gatsby? He said, you'll never <laughs> come back from that. I said, what are you doing, Neil? He said, Printing techniques in 15th century Paris. (laughs) 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 I said, oh, right, yeah, you're right, yes. Yeah, you're a real man of the people.
1: (laughs) And then, yeah, I know, but
0: that's what's so
1: frustrating about the Celebrity Mastermind, because someone will do printing techniques in 15th century Paris and they will lose to someone who's doing... the parrot sketch Emma Dale yeah, yeah, em- yeah, em- yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emma Dale from April to June 2022
0: yeah, yeah. when I was on you know uh, when they do the celebrity one which is obviously much easier than, uh, and you know and like you say they'd rather you did Andy Murray than than you know the French Revolution but they they intersperse it with with the proper ones you know they have the proper ones on at the same time All right, and yeah. uh, they, they were moaning when I was there that the day before would overrun because they'd had which very rarely happens they'd had a problem with one of the questions you know and of course it's massive because if the question you know if there's a problem with the question it's all about the timing and everybody gets very upset and the question was uh, what is the capital of mongolia and the bloke said well is that in the Mongolia or out of Mongolia so let's cut hold on everybody we have to stop we have to stop <laughs> right, we have to go check on this okay because um, you know they do things like they count the amount of words in each question so that it, the questions aren't too long and everybody gets oh, it's just <laughs> insane so they go off and they check it takes two hours to check it check it they come back they go okay we've got to get right on the time you had exactly like 12 seconds left so they put the clock to 12 okay John it was John Humphreys at the time John we're going to count you in we're going to count you in now John five four three two one and John Humphreys goes what is the capital of Inner Mongolia and the bloke goes pass <laughs> 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 so pleasing
1: <laughs> oh that's wonderful oh he should have been he should be awarded all time champion for that he should yeah <laughs> absolutely
0: should anyway there you go <laughs> is that our climate that's now? brilliant
1: <laughs> yeah now we must this is a topical podcast, yeah. <laughs> and we must address the topicality of the serious subjects um now, I don't know if you saw this Nick i Elliot was watching a bit of it and uh and I couldn't help notice the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir putin yeah <laughs> and i'm not I'm not sure he was all that interrogative, I think they might have been better. Getting Graham Norton. Well,
0: do you know, I think that is absolutely right. I mean, first of all, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's, it was the easiest interview since uh, Prince Edwards at Cambridge University, but basically, <laughs> but but you're right about the Graham. I thought, I thought, well, he's not going to be that in- it- in- interrogative or interrogative, but they It's. I wanted to judge it as entertainment. Now, I, I did, the Graham Norton thing was exactly what I thought. I would rather that you know. They also not only had Graham Norton doing it, but also had a couple of other guests. And I was thinking, you know, Dame Edna, wouldn't that have been great? Dame Edna. Oh, on yeah. Vlad oh, Vlad, you don't mind if I call you Vlad, do you? <laughs> you know, it would just be <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And uh, that would be a great way Oh, scoot. wouldn't she oh, have loved it? Gosh, yeah.
1: I like. Oh, I do like it when my dictators are hot <laughs> and you're hot, honey.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, little Ukraine. (laughs) Yeah, no, (laughs) yeah, that would have been brilliant. Uh, So as a a piece of entertainment, it was uh, (laughs) it was extremely dull, and as a piece of uh, political uh, um, exploration, it was pretty dull as well. Have you seen that that uh, that Boris Johnson has offered to do one with him? With with this, no. yeah, this was in the news uh today. Uh, but but he knew, he wants to be paid a million pounds, um, which he's going to give to um the war veterans in uh, I was gonna, I'd like to say Zimbabwe, but actually, Ukraine is where he wants to give them to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's obviously thought, well, that looks easy, I think I could probably yeah, get yeah. through that,
1: you know. Yes, well, I suppose he'd probably want to talk to Putin about the war and Russian history because he feels himself an expert, doesn't he? In that regard, he thinks he's like Churchill, and because um, and, and, he, he, yeah, and he's written a book, hasn't he, about Churchill, which was condemned as utter, utter nonsense by anyone who any poor sod who had to read it. Uh, so I suspect that that's what that's what he would want to do, and he'd be like. Oh, I mean, the, there's something, the imperial, what do you call it, the Tsar. what do you call it, the czar, what it, the czar, <laughs> czar, czar chap, chap with a big, uh, you know, with a big round bit of the buildings, you know, blah, 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 blah. and I suspect it, so facto, bloody Lenin, and it would be that, and I uh, and he probably thinks that that would be marvellous. Yeah. He should be made to go. Oh, as a result of the COVID inquiry, whenever that releases its report, it should recommend. No, it should insist that Boris Johnson has to go on Celebrity Mastermind. Yeah,
0: but he won't mind. He's been on every single other show, hasn't he? You know, he's been. But wouldn't that expose it? Because he'd think he'd be brilliant, and he'd get
1: one. He'd get, he'd pick Churchill, and he'd be like the be like the African man, except he'd get it. winter was there as yes. it were. Cut up again sure. He was in the eighteen in the Franco Prussian. No, what was the war that he was in? One Of those wars with the didn't he? a what did he smoked or something crap? No pipe,
0: no <laughs> scar, He'd yeah, be yeah, 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 fucking useless. <laughs> he, would be, he would be. I thought, I yeah. thought probably the, the, the really bad news, uh, for the Tucker Carlson, uh, Vladimir Putin interview was probably for Navalny, who uh, he thought but Putin's obviously thought we'll get the interview over with and then we can go ahead with it. You know, because literally Tucker Carlson's the tail lights of the plane are disappearing like Daniel for Elton John. And the next thing you know, Navalny's Navalny's gone, Uh, uh, which which I think in some ways, I mean, not that it's anything to do with that, really, but in some ways shows the complete disdain that Putin has for any of this stuff. You know, people say, oh, he's gone to make himself look good. And he's gone. All right. I'll show you how much I care about looking good. (laughs) Watch this. You know, he just completely couldn't
1: give a flying doodah, could he? No, he couldn't give a flying doodah. Now, here's something else. I'm going to move on to another subject of which you are an expert. (laughs) Sport and disappointment. Right.
0: Well, yeah, it's, I mean, sport is uh, especially supporting a football team like your team and my team. I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a pantomime of, of disappointment and despair, isn't it? It's all, the hmm. idea that it's entertainment is 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 an hilarious conceit, uh, which should be which should be stopped at the soonest instant. Which is why I love cricket because because one there aren't as many games to lose, and two you have to <laughs> kind of appreciate the other side, otherwise it's a bloody. Hmm long trip you know watching the game because it's over a period of days uh, and also because um yeah, it feels like England is a different England each time. So, so there's, uh, there's, it's, it's uh, look, I'm not going to say that it's a reason for getting divorced, but it's been a real plus for my divorce is getting up at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning and having the telly on full blast to watch the cricket uh, with a bottle of wine on. And, uh, you, know, you know, there's been a lot of negatives. I'm not saying there haven't been negatives. There have been. But there's a positive, you know, and I try to look at the positives.
1: Yes, I do. I, that actually does remind me of when after my divorce, and I, you know, and you sort of try to work out what happened. And I do remember, and I remember I'm saying this on stage at one point, I do remember one night when I'd been to see Palace at home. I think it was in our first year in the Premier League. And every week I'd go and watch us lose and so on. And then we, we got on a little run and we beat someone or other. I can't remember who it was. And. I got home and about one in the morning I sort of got it getting into bed and I, I actually sort of pushed me, you know, when you want to, you can't wait to talk to your partner. And I sort of shook her a little bit, not, you know, in an aggressive way, but enough to wake her up, but enough for her to go, oh, my God. You know, she's waking me up. Oh, my God. What is it? What is it? And I went, we're 15th. <laughs> Well, and I wonder whether that was anything to well, do with it. You don't know,
0: do you? You can't be I don't think it have been the whole thing. It might have been at least half. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, the, it
1: was. It was probably yeah, half. All right, there are uh, compensations,
0: but, uh, and watching a cricket in the middle of the night uh, is one of them, and being allowed to oh, uh, being allowed yeah. to piss in the kitchen sink is the other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But well, uh, when you're yeah, watching yeah. the cricket, you get to sort of, you get, there's a rhythm. I mean, so many people sort of think you're just wasting your time, there's no thought to it, but there's a rhythm to watching yes, cricket. Is. So, and because you, you get used to, say, when the fast bowlers are bowling, so then you get a bit more of a gap for people who don't follow cricket. There's a bit more of a gap between each ball. So you yep. can do a bit of reading and you just look up. You get yep. to know, I look up once every 40 seconds or whatever. When the spin bowlers is a bit quicker and you have to look up much, much quicker. And a piss. You have to sort of evaluate so many things. How long do I think this piss is? Am I going to get through it all between the overs? Uh, If not, I'm just going to have to either wait until the lunch break or – Well and and also also, or make a puddle.
0: Also, if England are batting, that the the time taken out for a piss isn't as valuable as the time taken out for a piss when England are bowling. Because if you're bowling, something really good could happen at any second. Whereas if you're batting, even if something really good happens, it's not that good in the grand scale of things. And anything that can happen is a bad thing, and you don't mind missing a bad thing too much.
1: I think as it, you know, the funny thing about, especially when you get to sort of our our age, and you follow a football team, and I'm going for this at the, at the moment with Palace. Something, and I think this is this is one of the many many ways in which sport is is people go, oh, it's just people kicking a ball about or knocking a ball with sticks or whatever. But it's so much more than that because you sort of, you know, when you listen to the phone, yes. especially when you've been through a little a little health worry, as I've been through. Yes. I hear the phone-ins now, these people. I mean, I've, I've always found these things funny. But when you get them, oh, I'm absolutely sick of it, Robbie. I can't believe it. West Ham, we drew with new car sort of day. I've been following West Ham for 62 years, and that was the worst shit I've ever seen in my life. They can't even be bothered. They weren't trying. They were trying to lose. As far as I'm concerned, they should all be sacked, all of them, the catering, the manager, the ground staff, (laughs) everybody who lives within three miles of the ground, sacked. If we lived in a proper country that wasn't so woke, I'd have them all burnt at the stake. (laughs) I'm sick of them. All that, right? (laughs) And I I more than ever now think, is that really your biggest problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Absolutely. Really? And I sort of see it at the moment with uh, having seen a team, Palace, who for most of my life – you sort of think you expect them to be halfway up the second division probably similar place to Stoke and then they get into the Premier League and then the expectations send you all do There's madness there's
0: madness and
1: and I hear people now getting really cross because Palace aren't doing better and I think but it's a little crystal palace i'm amazed every week that we don't get thrashed 5-0 by a big team i'm astonished and I think that that's sort of something about that's something way beyond sport. Isn't oh yeah, it? it's well. What I always
0: think it is is people <laughs> attach a great deal of, of importance to what their team do, and they think that the team has personally let them down. They on a Friday will say we are the best you've never seen this team, and then they win, they lose the next day, and like you say, everybody's to blame. And I Remember years ago, I don't know whether it happened so much now. There used to be this thing of well board of course they don't want us to go up it won't because financially (laughs) it won't suit them so they've deliberately you know and you think really do you really think do you honestly really really think that yes just when we got relegated the last time um we, we have a family, a local family, right, put a lot of money into the club, a lot of money. I mean, stupid money, money they'll never, ever get back, ever, you know, and they got us up to the premiership again, and we did all right. You know, we got the cup final, got into to York and all that. At the end of that season, we go down, and this bloke again on the phone, and he goes, right, I think the Coates family should get down on their hands and knees and crawl <laughs> all the way around the stadium and apologise to each and every one of us individually for what's happened this season. And I'm thinking, what are you on about? What are you on about?
1: <laughs> that' would tedious if they did that for the people waiting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, uh,
1: I'm number 4,106 yeah. in the queue. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Hoping, I'm hoping yeah. they get round yeah. to me You're on August me, the 24th. Yeah, the first two <laughs> would
0: obviously be Philip Schofield. <laughs> And Holly Willoughby, but after that, <laughs> after that,
1: <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I love those people, and uh, yeah, I love that when they, they should come out. They should come out and yeah, apologise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should. Uh, oh, I know. Yes, the ones who got West Hamford on the phone. In the thing is, what this shows, there is a conspiracy uh, at the referees. They don't want West Ham to. To win no, games. That's right, yeah. Now, that is one, <laughs> one of the great... I mean, I, I'm i not a fan of conspiracy theories at the <laughs> best of times, but that that is the most unfat put we've never been to the moon in the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. For a reason that no one can yeah. work out, all the sort of world leaders have got together and bribed yeah. the referees of the English Premier yeah. League to make sure that West Ham... I'll, don't be. It's the ones that
0: are so <laughs> self-evidently untrue. <laughs> this is brilliant because yeah, why would they pick? They don't want West Ham to win the league, which they've never done, incidentally, ever. <laughs> so even when West Ham first started, that this started, that's one thing. But the other thing is, oh, I used to have a minicab driver when I lived in London. There used to be a mini cab driver who often picked me up. And after a few times, he said, "I'm going to tell you something now." He says, "I'm going to tell you this, but don't tell anybody else. All right? Don't tell anybody else." He says, "When you when you phone somebody." Somebody, right? Whatever the last digit is in their in their number, right? Say it's an eight, okay? Add on a number to make it up to ten. So if the last number's eight, also put a two in. Do you know what? You won't have to pay for that call. <laughs> 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 and, and all you can say is, really? <laughs> and, and the worst thing is you then go home and try it. It just drives you a bit mad, but you think. I know he's wrong, but I'll, I'll just try it this <laughs> once. I'll use an unusual number so I can see it on my Artemis bill. And see if it's but it's just so clearly, where does it come from? You won't have to pay for that bill. If it's a three or a seven, you won't have to pay for that call. You won't have to pay for that.
1: And it works also with your electric. <laughs> right? Every time you turn the light on, draw a 10 on the bulb. Yeah. You won't pay for nothing. It's the last time you've ever paid for electric in your life, mate.
0: What happens is it doesn't come up on their system. That's what
1: happens. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, there you are. We're like Martin Lewis telling you how to save <laughs> yes. money. Uh, uh, Nick, that has been so lovely talking to you. There we are. We've got a, we've had a little bit of a, a, we've had a little bit of international geopolitics, a little bit of state murder, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of football, and
0: quite a lot. We're like pissing that. in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you don't. You get the other ones, or, or maybe on an episode of the one show, yeah. but not no, that. No, exactly. I'll tell you why. Because right, the BBC they don't, they don't want pissing they in they the kitchen to be on any of their prime time programs, right? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you who told me that. Aim old. <laughs>
0: Who famously wouldn't go out with Taylor Swift, we hear this week. But there you go. That sums up it. No, the
1: world. Because she, she often goes in the kitchen because she's busy. Yeah. And also, you know, when, when England are playing India, she doesn't want to miss a possible Ben Stokes six. No. That's what England are batting. She's more militant than us. <laughs> Thank you very much, <laughs> Mr. Nick Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> If you would like to hear more of that interview with Nick, then you can join us on Patreon, where there is an extended version available. Uh, um, yeah, uh, it, Thank you. Thank you to our wonderful, virtuous, radiant, uh, petulant, antagonistic, and philatelic, as, as well as ecclesiastical supporters that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. Just follow the link on our Twitter page or search for Patreon What The F. That's so simple I could manage it in only seven or eight goes. Patreon, what the F, and for as little as £2 a month, you'll get early access to ad-free. Ad-free versions of the regular episodes. Imagine something ad-free. Everything's full of adverts now. People are paid to yawn. They're sponsored. You just, you will yawn and, and, and people get 17 pence for every time they go... I hear a new fasting diet guaranteed to lose four kilograms in a week and uh, everything, but not if you get the ad-free patron version of what the fuck is going on. Or to really know at an advanced level what is going on for £4 a month, you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended versions of the interviews, extra Elliot, and bonus sketches this week, for example. There's Lieutenant Colonel Sir Ambrose Chandelier Montevideo on the return of Celebrity Big Brother. And all of our Patreon supporters get the episodes on Friday nights, unlike everybody else who has to wait until Saturday mornings, by which time they've been driven crazy and can't understand anything anyway because they've already... The, the voices in their head have already told them what's in the episodes and they've sort of and the voice has said burn down the kitchen and you know they have to the number of times I've ended up in having to be a witness in court to that sort of thing so you won't have to go through any of that so search Patreon what the F to join the WTF community what the fuck is going on? oh what the fuck oh what the fucking fuck is going on as you know, we always love to have a wide range of views on this podcast, so I'm delighted to welcome once again the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right, next we've got Tim Hill. Uh, he's just qualified to be an astronaut and he's looking forward to a trip to the space station later this year. Is that right,
0: Tim? Yes, that's, that's right, Mike. There's a mission due to set off in August. And it's, it's hard work, but very exciting. I'll be part of a great scientific team and uh, I'll get to see Earth from space. And that's a great privilege. What's
1: wrong with staying in this country?
0: Well, th- well there's nothing there's nothing wrong with staying in this country. But if you want to go to space, you, you do have to leave Britain.
1: You could go to Southend. They've got a big wheel. Or is that not high enough for you?
0: No, no. Well, it's, it's, it's high enough for, for a fairground, but probably not high enough for a space station. So we've spent millions of pounds training you to be an astronaut. Then as soon
1: as you qualify, you leave the country and go to space. So they get the benefit. What would the
0: government of space say if we asked for the money back? Okay, Mike. Now, I think I think you're, uh, you're in a bit of a tangle here. The space program is actually funded by lots of governments from across
1: Europe. Oh, I thought so. And the next thing we know, space will join the European Union and ask us to pay for the upkeep of all its planets. Is that it?
0: <coughs> okay, Mike. I think you're going to be upset when we launch the next man mission because it's going to the moon. And that's not in Essex either.
1: Yes, it is.
0: See you, Tim. That's enough of that idiot.
1: No wonder the king's got cancer. Here's Tucker Carlson with today's Pilates chips. And so it has come to the time of week where we come to the end announcements nothing can operate now in the world without announcements it's not possible to buy anything from the shops without nine or ten announcements about special offers and about how you have to be careful in certain circumstances and that if lightning was to strike this particular branch of the co-op then you should try and shelter but whatever you do don't shelter beneath a tree should one suddenly emerge in the central aisle uh, next to the pickled onions. That sort of thing, and that's what's made us all so much safer. Imagine if there'd been such a thing back in the days of hunting and gathering. If there'd been like, people coming around saying, um, "And special offer on the berries today: uh, three legs of an ox, and you will get extra berries." That sort of like little hunting gathering co-op announcements, but they didn't have them, and that's why um, <coughs> that's why it took millions of years for us to evolve. I've got I've got a couple of announcements so there will be uh, later in the year there will be a, a, a new series of going around the towns and also I'm doing a couple of little shows I'm doing one in Horsham I think on May the 2nd there we are Horsham so if you are one of the 70,000 people who listen to this podcast who comes from Horsham uh, or surrounding districts, then I can see you on May the 2nd, if you so desire. Next, we have an announcement, which is a big shout out, which is what you have to say now to Rob Osborne. Welcome for becoming a uh, a, a top tier supporter of of the podcast. Thank you so much, Rob. And I hope that this is the greatest day of your life. Also, people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account, as well as on Twitter, wanted to know what the fuck is going on. For example, Ramsey Shamas on Patreon says, Donald Trump says the sudden death of Navalny in Russia has made him more and more aware of what's going on in our country. Please explain what the actual fuck is going on about. Well, it's... It's difficult to say, really, to get inside of the mind of Donald Trump. I think there's something genius about Donald Trump that we've all been missing. For example, suddenly the whole world is panicking about the memory of the other person, about the mental faculties of his opponent. Now, is Joe Biden is not seemingly the, the most in tune person in the world that you would want running one of the greatest superpowers of all time. But astonishing that now we're all going, oh my God, did you see the president? He walked one way and then realized where he'd gone, and now he has to go the other way. With things that we all do. Whereas very few people are going, shouldn't we be concerned about the mental faculties of someone who was president and has probably already forgotten that he was, who thinks that bleach is okay to drink if you've got COVID, who thinks that if you've lost an election, then it was clearly the result of of a series of rather extraordinary conspiracies, not one of which he could even elucidate what it is, who then calls upon people to invade the central democratic office of the country in which he is supposed to be the president at the time in order to overturn the division, including supporters that wear Viking helmets. And the bloke is just fucking... Thinks that Sweden's, Bulgaria, and the and yeah, well, that's all a sign of perfectly lucid, valid, normal behaviour. And so, uh, uh, yes, the death of Navalny has made him more aware of what's going on in our country, and his supporters, unfortunately, will just go, "Hey, that that's the sort of." That's the sort of end state that we won in the White House. Chris Marshall says, "What's happened to all the Polish builders? Is there now a house building boom in Poland now?" So I've had my theory about this for that uh, I've said many times before that <laughs> that when the Polish builders were you know prevalent over here, that the English builders were going. I mean, you know, the thing is, we can't you know we can't keep up. How are we supposed to keep up? Because what the what the Polish builders do, you see, they'll come up here and they'll say we're going to come around on a Wednesday, right? And then what they do is they come around on a Wednesday. I mean, how are we supposed to compete with that? Now, if you pursue the very noble task of finding out what the fuck is going on, you can't just rely on one generation. That's how we end up in this mess. We're all in a little bubble and we all talk to ourselves. That's why we have children. And then they grow up and then they can explain to you what the fuck is going on from the perspective of someone who is 27 years and seven months. And that's why we have with us Elliot Steele. Hello. Hello. You came home the other night, really uh, not entirely happy with someone who'd been in the audience.
3: Yeah, I I did my previous show in Leicester, and I think it was the first. It, it, it was interesting because I was speaking to someone at football yesterday about this. Who dropped me? Kits drove me home from football yesterday, right? And I sort of told him the story. And his reaction to it was because I was a bit knocked by how the gig went. Guy, like, oh my god, is my new show terrible? And I don't. Know, and he went, no, it's objectively a bad gig. And when you have objectively right. a bad gig, you can't. It just feels like such a waste of time. Yeah, and that's what happened here. Is as soon as I walked on, there was these people in the front row who were just like, yeah, like, and they were just chatting to me. They were obviously a bit pissed. They were filming me coming on, and I went, "This is a preview." This isn't the place to be filming me and stuff. Because, you know, sometimes with jokes, if you're going to do them, they if especially if it's new jokes, it needs to stay in the room if it goes wrong. And there needs to be a sort of trust between the comedian and the audience that, right, I have the space to try to do something. If it doesn't come off, that's fine. And if it does come off, that's great. But if it doesn't come off, it just doesn't come off and they were filming stuff and i I kept asking them to stop and it got to about a half hour mark i started this story about about your your cancer and i saw her flash on where she was filming and i went right Mm. you've got to stop this this is like seriously this has to stop and she went oh i wasn't filming and i was like i can see your flashes on so she then looked at her flash and was like oh fuck and she went oh no it's just the torch and i went yeah but when you dropped your phone down i could see the camera was on so, so then i was fucked up so she, you,
1: she'd be hopeless of being one of these sort of like secret filming people who has to go to burma and we've oh come here God. to secretly film the government and, uh, and stuff uh, <laughs> they'd it, be locked up straight away
3: well she was hammered and then her mate went well if you want we'll leave and i was like that's exactly what i want i that, <laughs> i couldn't want that more and then and then the one who was filming me went My dad died of cancer. And I was like, right, well, I'm sorry that happened, but there is no relevance. That holds no weight to what we're talking. You're filming me. So you can't just then use your dad who's died of cancer as an excuse to behave like that. This sounds so horrible. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's what the fuck? Like, you can't just go, you can't just, like, be be an arsehole. And then when someone goes, hey, I've told you multiple times, you're being an asshole. Go well. My dad died of cancer, and then people go, "Oh well, no, go ahead. You should be allowed to do what you want." Then that's that's fair enough. That and um, so she then she and her mate ended up leaving, and there was this lad they were with in the front row who then got quite hostile and was like, "I'm not leaving." And I was like, "Well, you got to leave." And I would once again like to say thank you to the venue of the of the big difference. Like every comedy club in the world, your staff. Sat and watched and didn't go get security <laughs> and did absolutely nothing to intervene in a situation. Once again, yeah. comedy club security at its very best, where they're outside having a fag or something while a fucking yeah. incident goes on. <laughs> I, well, I- yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you sort of you could have it like, um, yeah, you know, like one of these sort of like things in the nineteen seventies, one of these festivals where there's lines of security and stuff. But like, you know the you know the Stones famously got the Hell's Angels well, to, to, say, to be say, security. I don't,
3: I don't. I'm not going to employ the Hell's Angels to stab <laughs> someone for being on their phone. I think that is that. All oh, right. But there's a middle ground where before we get to stabbing someone for being on their phone, we could have a security. Yes. up Someone from the venue go. Cause I now have to police it. So I look like an arse. Yeah, 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 yeah. When this guy refused to leave and it got hostile, it did nearly get to the point where I was gonna go to him, like, I alright, I had two options and these were my two options. I either I was gonna go to him, if you don't leave, I'll make you leave, or I'll go, I'm not doing the show anymore. Thank you very much, good night, and just walk off.
1: So if you don't leave, I'll make you leave, does that involve I'm, a physical threat I would, I
3: would, I, yeah because now it's like he was he was getting a bit aggressive right so then I went to the oh point this sounds like, so horrible not, it was horrendous it goes to the point of where you go I'm no longer or I, I always have a thing where I'm on stage where I go I'll be the comedian up until a point where I think I'm in danger and then at which point I will I will you know I I will defend I'm not going to have it or, oh, no. I'll, or I'll just leave Cause that's my other option. I, I, right. I have the confidence now leaving stage takes, uh, uh, confidence to go. I'm not doing this. I'm going to have some self-respect. That takes a few years in the game to go. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. even going like, keep your money. I don't give a fuck Bye. that. I think that's such a power move. And yeah, I remember when
1: I did that and it wasn't as so much a power. but I remember it as a great moment. Mm. I was with your mum. We went to Worthing. We a. We went to Worthing. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was doing a show in a pub for I don't know how much money. It was probably not much. And the uh, this bloke had booked me to do this thing in a pub, and there was about thirty people in the bar. <laughs> and he said, oh, one of the lads, right? One of the lads. Uh, he's right. He's funny as old fuck, right? And he wants to do like he wants to do about fifteen minutes. So you know, less And I thought, "Oh, Jesus, all right." So. He went up and he was just doing all these, right? Really, like the old nineteen seventies jokes, of terrible racist jokes and things. Oh my god! no. Oh my god! And I thought, no, no, no! And of course, all his mates are laughing; they're all loving it. And I went up to the the bloke who was putting it on, and I, I said to him, "I said, wait. When I'd say, just you, you just go out out the door, and I'm going to go to the toilet, and I noticed there's a side door that leads me out." So I said to the the bloke running it, I said, I'll tell you what, best to have an interval, always best to have an interval between two acts. Whatever you say, Mark, whatever you say. I said, all right. So this bloke finished doing all his jokes. I said, just have a little interval. I'm just going to go out to the toilet. I'll give a signal to your mum. I just went out the side door. She went out the back, and we just got in the car and drove off. (laughs) 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 And it was, I don't know, I lost the 100 quid, but it was the best 100 quid I ever spent. Oh, (laughs) that's
3: brilliant. I'd love to.
1: <laughs> it, when i did the in town show in carlisle and uh, the, the center of carlisle is the biscuit factory and uh, i went around with Carl, my producer and we spent a lot of time there in the biscuit factory and we they're, they're called cracker packers the mm-hmm. women who work there so really i, I mean like, this is about five years ago i it's mm-hmm. still the same just an old-fashioned type factory and <clears throat> I spoke to a number of these women and they're really brilliant, lovely people and that. And they were, they sort of, their talent is to, as the custard creams come past, they just pick 14 custard creams or whatever it is in a packet. They can pick them up, like the whole thing, with one hand on each end, pick up a whole 14 custard creams thing. It'd be a great party trick. Pick them up and put them in a box. And they do that like hundreds of times an hour and stuff. So I wanted them to come along to the recording and they did. They took a bit of a swing because they just don't go out to things. And they were really, really nice as women. But they just, they'd never been to the theatre or to even to comedy or anything. They weren't used to going out. And so they were chatting all the way through. But it was, uh, there was nothing mean about it. Oh, they were that, just-
3: That's the hardest to deal with. When and they, it was they, really
1: yeah. hard. And it was like, every time I mentioned something about Carlisle, one of them would go, oh, that's true, that is, because that's just like when you went there. Yeah. And they were just being really helpful. But it was, I couldn't, uh,
3: far from you feeling can any can animosity towards them, they to were it. lovely. Because, because, because if someone's an arsehole, you don't have yeah. a license. Like I had it the other night. There was a woman who kept chirping in and chirping in, and then it was like I, I had the license to to be mean. But one, the hardest thing, the hardest thing to deal with is women in general. Because <laughs> no, no, no. In in terms of like in stand up, right? Say there's a hen party, the stag do. Say at a comedy club. Say you're doing a comedian or something, right? The stag do the doorman will go have a word, and then they'll go, "Oh shit! All those big doorman will kick the fuck out of us <laughs> if this was to, if we were to carry on behaving like arseholes. But Hindus Hindus don't think like that. They don't go, oh, all those big doorman will kick the fuck out of us." <laughs> they, there's no there's no there's no consequence. There's just the doorman going, "Please, ladies, please." But <laughs> but the, Birmingham Glee have a female have female door staff, so oh, right. so they'll go over and just be like <laughs> so they'll just go over and be like if you ladies don't shut up we'll kick the shit out of you. Like, so then suddenly so then oh so my god like, this is what all British people what a wonderful art form comedy is where
1: people can just forget the no, stresses no. of life and go out and enjoy themselves. And after I'm getting the impression that <laughs> after comedy evenings oh it's great because you have a laugh for ten minutes and then you Witness two people absolutely kicking the shit out of it with a bit of luck. An ambulance is called and the paramedics come in.
3: Okay, (laughs) there's certain gigs you do and your aim is to get past that. But there's certain gigs I know where it is that you go there (laughs) and it is fucking chaos. Up the creek used to be like that. (laughs) Oh, up the creek creek used to be. Trust me,
1: honestly, one day, whatever Jen, Jen, whatever Jen it will be called. It will be just lovely and sedate. And the, the worst thing will be somebody gets there and realizes that they've left their medication at home and they have to go and get it. And they go, I'm ever so sorry, Elliot. I've, uh, I've, left, I've got a purple one for me for me lungs and uh, I've left anyone I need to go and get it. You know, and you go, oh, that's all right. And that will be the worst intervention that you'll have. I'm sorry, That'd be nice. Yeah, I get people go. Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Mark. We've got to leave because the trains—you know—the last train goes at two thirty in the morning. Yeah, because you just stay on
3: for five fucking hours, which is again—that's <laughs> really rude. <laughs> All right.
1: There we are. I hope that's been illuminating for everybody listening. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Elliot. Thank Still. you. Thank you very oh, much. wait, hang on. Your solo thing.
3: Don't forget to tell people think, to come I think to your I'm Pretty much sold out
1: now. All oh, right, <coughs> right, okay. And at least a third of those people are going there with no intention to uh, cause arson or grievous bodily harm. Some people from my gym are coming actually, so that's not. Oh, it's right.
3: not off the cards. <laughs> Thank you
1: so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it. And if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, then spend months writing a review in several different languages, in the sand, in the deserts of Sudan if there is anything at all that you think i should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it please send me a message on twitter at wtf is going on pod and we will do our very best to look at every. no we will look at every message we won't do our best how can you do your best and fail to look at every message that you send if you would like to become a wtf supporter for as little as two pounds a month and get early access to ad Free and extended versions, please visit our Patreon page. What the Fuck is Going On was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests Nick Hancock and Elliot Steele, voices by Sarah Alexander and Nick Hancock. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair, the music was by Willie Dowling, it was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios, and What the Fuck is Going On was brought to you by WTF Productions.